is a Kansas Memory, a Kansas State Historical Society podcast featuring glimpses of Kansas history from documents in the Library and Archives collections. In November, Kansas voters will elect our 46th governor to replace Mark Parkinson, who took office in April 2009 after Governor Sebelius accepted a position in President Obama's cabinet. It's interesting to compare and contrast the issues currently being debated with those that were considered most important in past administrations. Dr. Bob Beatty, a professor of political science at Washburn University, conducted interviews from 2004 to 2008 with former governors for the Kansas Governor's Recorded History and Documentary Project. And these interviews are the basis of a series of articles published in Kansas History Magazine. Governor Robert Docking, Governors Bennett and Finney were all deceased, but Dr. Beatty recorded interviews with John Anderson, William Avery, John Carlin, Mike Hayden, Bill Graves, and Kathleen Sebelius. This podcast features his February 12, 2004 interview with Governor Carlin, who held office from January 8, 1979 to January 12, 1987. John Carlin was elected to the Kansas legislature in 1970 and was minority leader of the House from 1975 to 1977, then Speaker of the House from 1977 to 1979, when Democrats unexpectedly won a majority. In 1978, Carlin upset incumbent Governor Robert Bennett's re-election bid by only 16,335 votes. This was somewhat of a surprising victory. I don't think you can overstate that. (laughs) Uh, so I was just the first, the, the first edition of the Topeka Day of the Capitol uh, had my opponent winning. Uh, that came out in the morning of uh, uh, of that uh, for the Wednesday morning edition. It was the Harry Truman Dewey headline. Uh, I won for a variety of issue of reasons and issues, but to be quite honest with you, I won because I didn't raise much money, and that may seem a little strange to you, but. The answer is really that. I had so little money that I was only on television statewide the last week. Now think of that compared to today's elections where, you know, not months, sometimes years you have television, but certainly many, many weeks of television for any serious campaign. But I could only be on the last week. And I say that because people misread the polls. I was down, in fact, the Sunday Capital Journal, before the Tuesday election, had me down 16 points. The latest poll, Bennett leads Carlin by 16 uh, points. Well, the problem with the poll was it was like uh, 48 to 32, which meant there were still a lot of people that hadn't made up their mind. Well, when they polled, my TV hadn't started. There were thousands of Kansans that didn't know who John Carlin was until the last week of television. And they decided, you know, they weren't that thrilled with the incumbent or they would have been casting their polling knowledge with the incumbent. And once they felt comfortable, then the incumbent held his 48, 49, and I went to the 50% plus. 51, I don't know what the exact percentage was at the end. If I'd raised a lot of money, I very likely might have lost because it's a Republican state, an incumbent, uh, a very competent uh, incumbent generally. We had our major differences on issues, but there was no personality 
set of issues. Uh, um, we respected uh, each other. Um, if the Republicans would have had polling early enough to come back, uh, it could have been different because they allowed my program on utilities to, to go without a response because they couldn't see it in their polling doing anything. Well, I didn't, you know, I started in September, but I didn't have any television message to get out. And let's face it, it's a reality. Uh, you, you reach the masses through the mass media. John Carlin was governor of Kansas shortly after the Watergate scandal made political corruption a key issue. At the state level, changes were made in the practice of political cronyism, or how government positions were doled out after the election to reward supporters. Carlin explains that this change made many Democrats unhappy at the time. I, I think the most rewarding part was doing things that were, that were good for the people um, in terms of legislation, in terms of budget, in terms of programs, in terms of service. But I would mention one other area I took very seriously, and that was the appointment of judges. I, I worked very, very hard to attract and to appoint the best men and women to the bench because I knew, not rocket science here, that most judges were going to be on that bench far longer and I was going to be in office. And so maybe over time, um, maybe the most significant contribution I'd make is who I put on the bench and their contributions uh, to the state. And I, I recall my first appointment uh, selecting a Republican over a Democrat. And I, I took a lot of heat. Uh, you know, I had just won a, an election. The Democrats were thrilled. Um, uh, but my first district court appointment, my memory is, was a Republican Southeast Kansas. I can remember the names. I won't necessarily bring them into the picture at this point. But uh, took a lot of heat. But I tried to demonstrate right then, not only did I believe that the person I selected was the, the best for the bench at that time. But then I also wanted to send a message that I took this responsibility uh, very seriously and that, uh, yes, I would appoint Democrats and appointed a lot of Democrats to the bench uh, uh, over time. But uh, that didn't mean Republicans were automatically disqualified. <clears throat> the opposite question. What was the most frustrating aspect of the job? Well, one thing that was very frustrating for me, and again, it uh, happened with my uh, uh, party friends who had worked so hard to help elect me, um, the laws and the system for personnel had changed dramatically from, uh, you have to keep in mind, uh, Robert Docking was not only a good governor, but a very popular governor and had pleased a lot of Democrats across the state with what I'll call patronage, which was legal and appropriate and accepted at the time. But uh, things changed. Um, Spinoffs of what was going on in, in Washington and so forth, and the rules changed. And the, go the governor can no longer dictate to those highway jobs uh, in counties across the, across the state. And so it, it was frustrating to work the political scene, do what was right, what was ethical, what was legal in a system that, was, that had changed. But people had a hard time understanding that across 
the state. And so it was very frustrating uh, in my tenure. Carlin remained active in public service after he left office. In 1995, he was appointed as Archivist of the United States by President Bill Clinton. He served in that position until 2005, when he returned to Kansas to his current position teaching politics and leadership at Kansas State University. He also serves on the Kansas Bioscience Authority. In his interview, Carlin stresses how important leadership and the ability to make decisions and take responsibility for them has been in all of the positions he has held. I, I would say this if, if I was responding in almost any state or any public official. I think leadership skills and decision-making skills are absolutely critical. You know, at some point, yes, you want good decisions, but at some point, one of the worst things that can happen is for a decision not to be made or put off too long. You know, a lot of times you can make a decision. If it's the wrong decision, make a correction and go on instead of uh, stewing on it for over and over and over again. I remember one experience, and I'll bring it back to my current job, when I f first became the archivist of the United States, uh, being briefed by a group of uh, fine people on my staff that um, had been reviewing a set of forms, routine, you know, in a bureaucracy there are forms. And I didn't have any expertise in, to evaluate, so it was more of an educational process for me. But I asked, well, you know, where are we on this? How long have we been working? What's gone into this? And this committee, this effort had been going on for 10 years, reviewing. Nobody willing to pull the trigger. Nobody willing to, to move forward. And, and, and I don't, that's an isolated example that doesn't in any way reflect uh, across the board what I inherited here. But I use it as an example. I mean, they've done a lot of study, a lot of analysis, but couldn't make the decision because with the decision, there's risk. With the decision, it leads to accountability. And some people don't quite have the personality or the set of experiences in life that allow them to just do that. And again, I go back to my agricultural upbringing on the farm where you, you made decisions every day and, and that, that judging experience. Uh, it's one of the reasons, although I was never a debater, I was always a very strong supporter of the debate program because it also trained you to make decisions. I mean, there in the real world in real time uh, in a debate comp competition, you had to think and you had to explain yourself. And that's helpful in public office, uh, regardless what state. Carlin went on to be the first governor to serve two four-year terms under term limit rules that were changed during Governor Robert Docking's administration. In 1990, Carlin ran for a third non-consecutive term in office, but lost in the Democratic primary to Joan Finney, who went on to defeat incumbent Michael Hayden. Finney represented the movement for government by initiative and referendum, something Carlin opposed. Do you think that helped you win a, a second term, that the voters appreciated that quality? I think so, but I, I have nothing to back it, back it up. We certainly, uh, as an administration, demonstrated we weren't, you know, just treading water. And, and as I've observed, and again, not on Kansas, but having been back here and watching other parts of the country and the eastern coast and so forth, 
there's a tendency today to, to um, it's like the first term, and and it's forever in terms of Congress. It seems that you know you want to get beyond the next election. That making tough decisions now, oh, they might be unpopular. I personally believe people are ready for tough decisions. They're ready for the truth, ready to be told uh, the reality. But there's a tendency, and this is across the board. This is not a uh, making a, a partisan statement in any way, shape, or form here. There's a tendency that it's to get through the next election. And, and maybe times have changed a lot, and maybe dramatically, and, and I, I certainly acknowledge things are much more viciously partisan today than in my tenure in public life. But I certainly, from that experience, uh, and felt at the time that just taking, you know, here's where we are, folks. Here are the realities. Uh, I'm not trying to dictate how we proceed. Here's some of my thinking. Um, and bring people along that you can bring about change. Uh, but change requires, first of all, leadership. And secondly, the capacity to make decisions, good decisions, move things forward, be willing to take some risks. This has been a Kansas Memory, a Kansas Historical Society podcast. The documents used in this podcast are from Kansas Memory, a virtual repository of primary sources from our collections. The URL for this website is www.kansasmemory.org.